0: Welcome everyone to episode 58 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and today I swung by Berkshire to have a chat with Microsoft's UK public sector lead, Paul McPherson. With Daisy coming up as the hot topic in the recent Team Presidents Conference, I wanted to get Paul's thoughts on why it remains so relevant and what public sector organisations are doing to harness it or why they're not. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. tea or coffee
1: most definitely coffee especially before lunch
0: <laughs> and how do you have your coffee uh
1: strong black nothing in it at all
0: do you have too much do you think or do you you, you have you found the balance
1: i try and balance it by after lunch then it's uh, it's green tea but it's only always Great, coffee is cool. a preference
0: very healthy good lad facebook or twitter
1: uh neither <laughs> And despite having worked for many years in and around the internet then uh, you won't find me on either but uh i've got my wife to run that department of the household and my children
0: oh very good you've outsourced it i like it android or ios ios every day
1: yeah data or insight insight comes from data so you've got to you've got to begin with the data to to generate the insight
0: there we go i tee it up and you you home in on it very good <laughs> now, how are you doing Paul? you well
1: I am very good and I'm looking forward to this uh, this roasting day that we're supposed to be having today. So all looks good looking out the window right now.
0: Oh, yeah, it's like a sweat box in there, I must say. I uh, can't wait to get outside. But listen, let's have a chat about data and let's have a chat about data in public sector specifically. Now, I was at um, the Socket in Presence uh, conference earlier this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, and oh, there's so many, so many great sessions, so many great conversations. But you know what keeps coming up time and time again is, is data and how important data and the management of data is in enabling uh, local authorities in particular to deliver the best services, the right services um, for the citizens. Now, you know, given your experience and background, why is data such a of importance within within public sector?
1: I think it's because it's 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 a couple of things. It's it's something that the sector's traditionally struggled a little bit with because of underinvestment, a bit like the railways, if you like. So there's still a lot of data and therefore insight that's landlocked in legacy systems. um So quite often it's not that the data doesn't exist. Yeah. It's not that the the council or the local authority or the, pub, or the central government organisation doesn't have the data to make better informed, quicker, evidence-based decisions, for instance, it's more accessing that. And so there's still lots of siloed systems. There aren't single views of citizens, of services, et cetera. And I think the other thing that kind of leads on from from your tidbits, sort of, that that you threw me in that data is one thing, but you need to convert data into actionable information or insight um, that's actually telling you something, and then you need to be able to operationalise it as well. So collecting data alone is uh, is not the is not the end of the story.
0: Okay, and going back to the importance of data, do you think most uh, public sector organisations understand the value in data, and are they trying to do something about it? In most cases, do you see? I think
1: it's I think it's inconsistent. So when it's good, it is great. Don't get me Don't get me wrong. And it's very very well progressed. There are those in the middle that that realize that there's more that they could be doing. And I, I think everybody's aware of the importance, but it's it's whether organizations think that they can realistically do something about it. Right. Um, so everybody would like to have more data um, or be able to use more of their data. And some are just far more progressed than others in in making that uh, making that a realization. But, you know, they back to my original point of when data is traditionally landlocked in siloed systems that maybe don't talk or aren't integrated as well as they could do, there's parts of public sector heavily reliant on off-system working, manual processes or incomplete disjointed processes. Then, you know, the opportunity to to make available everything that's even exists in an organisation is is it can be a very tough ask for organisations.
0: What do you think that uh, challenges them? why is it such a tough ask? If, if organisations recognise the value of it and would like to get more value from it, the insight from their data, why is it such a such a task for them?
1: I think some of that comes down to to budgets. Some of that comes down to really understanding what is possible and the steps that you need to take, because this isn't something that you can just buy, buy overnight and switch on the following week. And depending on which angle you tackle it from, it can generally require a major investment. So, if you want to digitally transform your organisation, or be the, you know, a very forward-looking digital council, for instance, then you know that that needs changes in technology, it needs changes in processes, it needs changes in ways of working, and you know those types of things obviously need significant investment. They're transformation programmes. They're they're not they're not data projects, but you know the opportunity does exist. To work at the other end of the spectrum of being able to take small incremental gains, um, if you like, if we borrow that from British Cycling and Dave Dave Brailsford, and technology is enabling that in businesses right now and in organisations, so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing big bang.
0: When I was at the event uh, this week, as I say, uh, there was one council who was talking about how they, they embedded sensors, um, AI connected sensors, into each of the lampposts. It was sending data into a central system that was dictating whether the lights came on or off. It saved them, I think it was a million pounds a year, was it two million pounds a year off of their utility costs just by having this, having data being fed backwards and forwards. So it, it's not just about improving data just because it's a nice thing to do. Actually, there's some real practical benefits of doing so. in, in in that instance now how do you think if, if you had to advise public sector organization about how they could go about improving data given it's quite tricky what might you offer
1: so I think there's, there's thinking about new use cases new technology and things that are effectively greenfield like such as the example that uh, that you gave and obviously smart buildings very similar type of paradigm to what you described so they're, they're kind of net new forward-looking things that have not done before i think especially when we think about sort of councils as well that have lots of directorates departments etc doing you know very uh, delivering a very diverse range of of services it's probably not to forget that you can take small incremental steps so you know the advent of low code and the cloud as an enabling technology can enable you to take far more Sort of local steps of yeah. taking away manual processes, automating those, removing spreadsheets and shared file systems, etc. So, data is collected in a far more uniform, clean uh, manner, which enables it to be more more usable. And that kind of grassroots or organic transformation, if I as I like to call it, you know, that can be in a team and a departmental level and grow up through the organisation. So it always doesn't have to be big change in technology yep. programs led from the top down so you know technology is is kind of enabling enabling sort of as i say the grassroots to be able to improve services that they provide increase productivity efficiency and you know user experience sort of within within councils for instance by uh, making data more accessible easier to collect use yep. utilize and as i say turn into actionable information that you you know you then have to operate you have to operationalize and make it available to people whether they be frontline workers whether they be in drop in centers or you know whether they sit on the end of a contact center
0: getting value from from your data and, and and kind of changing the the cultural the culture within an organization about its use of data as you kind of highlight there it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach you can still get value from data by doing sort of smaller initiatives and and tools like Microsoft's Power Apps are, are enabling a lot of that because you know for example HSO has just developed a, a application based on Power Apps for helping uh, councils re-home um, or find homes for Ukrainian refugees in, in one one environment, which is taking data from found, the foundry system and then moving it through in a streamlined way. So so I, I think I'm right in saying that if you want to get value from data, don't think of it as just this ginormous uh, kind of project. There's, there's, you can do this in spot ways as well.
1: Absolutely, because as we've seen from recent changes in in global events and such as Ukraine and know the knock-on from COVID and where we find ourselves for a number of reasons with the cost of living crisis and staring down the barrels of stagflation and a a recession etc then you know the huge challenge for for public sector is that they're solving problems for today and they're going to have to solve problems for tomorrow and the time after that and the time after that and we we never know and they never know what those things are going to be going back two and a half years ago and you were saying to people, you know, well, there's going to be this global pandemic and it's going to lock the world down and you won't be leaving your house, etc. People would think you were you were plainly mad. It so would. whether it be from the banking crisis through through to COVID, through to, you know, a dreadful war on our, on our doorstep in Ukraine, there's always something new to react to. And then there's always the ripple effects and the conditions that that promotes elsewhere, as I say, put some of those things together and the fact that economies are cyclical anyway, that you know now we have the cost of living crisis, the oil price rises, and we're looking at a recession. So there's there's always new problems um, and new ways of applying data. And of course, we're in a world where so much more data is being generated day on day, month on month, year on year than it ever has been before, that we can generate insights and intelligence that we we wouldn't have known about sort of even going back a relatively small number of years.
0: So we're using that as a basis for kind of learning what or being able to react better to the things that we don't yet know about that come up in the future.
1: Absolutely. But also, I think that the massive opportunity for local government and broader public sector is, is to combine data from some of those landlock systems that we mentioned to, to be able to take in open source and public data as well to combine that. And, you know, especially with the advent of, of AI and machine learning, is that we have far greater opportunity than ever to intervene earlier or to nudge behaviour to, or, or to educate sort of demographics in society around sort of certain scenarios. So if we can use data in that very forward-looking, proactive way to obviously very obvious campaigns around better diet, more exercise, helping prevent so many people presenting with heart disease or with uh, with diabetes, the more that we can do around that nudge, that prevention, that proactiveness, then that's where we, you know, we're going to make massive, massive savings right across the sector, because it's far cheaper to try and influence in those early stages or prevent than it is to to deal and treat. So, you know, and again, that all begins with data, with insights and being able to reach out to people with the right message. And of course, in the uh, down through the right channel as well.
0: I like the phrase Paul used when it comes to adopting the technology that underpins your data initiative. Take local steps. In other words, adopt what is right to solve the challenges and deliver the services that are locally relevant for you and the people you are supporting and enabling. And with cloud computing and low-code tools such as Power Apps, advanced technology is more accessible. And this is making it easier to build out a foundation where data flows and connects between the different systems, which makes gaining valuable insight far easier. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, take care of yourselves.